You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Our goal in this series, Beyond the Signs, at the end of this series, we will see how the scriptures testify to all who Jesus is and what he has come to do. That he is Christ, the Son of God, that by believing in him, we will have life and eternal life. So it is important that we do understand the nature and the character of the Lord Jesus Christ because whatever and however we will see God or how we see God will really define how we see things. And I will uh, explain further. First of all, the first uh, of the Lord's miracle is uh, going to be our topic this um, evening. I like how uh, really uh, the disciple John uh, validated the uh, first miracle of Christ in the book of John chapter 2 points to something and a lot of us here are uh, living in this kind of culture that we are at times so enamored with science you understand that you are at times caught up if you are uh, if you want to make a decision you want a sign from above you want a sign from god if you're getting married you want a sign if you've been waiting for that for the past 30 years if this is really god's will for your life some of you here you don't have to wait for a sign you just have to decide okay and and at times uh, in, in our own context and in our own culture, we always wait for a sign. And, and I like signs, but that's not how I, I, I would go about my life. Because at the end of the day, it is God who determines my steps. It is God who will decide whatever takes place in my life. Signs are, in fact, uh, a way to really uh, um, uh, understand and know that uh, this sign validates that everything that uh, revolves around us okay, is pointed towards something. And if you're a follower of Christ... Everything that's happening in your life should point towards, uh, towards God. If you are uh, healed, you just don't enjoy the healing. You, you acknowledge God because healing points you to the healer. Am I correct? If you are well provided and all the provisions uh, of life um, that you have been blessed with should point to the, what, the provider. Everything that takes place in our life should point to really how God has been so good to us. So John organized the book of John. Uh, with about seven, eight miracles, and we will talk about it in the next seven, eight weeks. And I hope that you will learn a lot from this uh, passage. In fact, John chapter 1 uh, is really something that probably would be a window towards how we would want to understand what we will talk about. In fact, in John chapter 1, verse 29, it says right here, The next day, when John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the Son of God. And that by believing in Him, we will have an eternal life. And the reason why that your life is what? Is changed because of how you see God. You understand? I'm glad John did not say that behold, the carpenter of God. You understand? The rabbi of God. The, the, the action star of God. Okay? Or the son of Joseph. Okay? Is uh, really, is going to take the uh, sins of this world. Because at the end of the day, you need to understand that our understanding of who God is will greatly determine how we see God. How you see God will greatly affect the way you trust God and how you would go about your life. So it is important that we have an accurate picture of who, of who God is. Because if you don't have an accurate picture of who God is, you what? You live the way you see God. Do you understand? So it is important that we have the right context, the right definition, the right understanding of who God is. Because when you tap into who God is and you're accurate about who God is, this will greatly influence your life. How many of you here, you're excited that in the next two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five, seven weeks, your life will change for the better because of how you see God? And the reason why at times we don't gravitate towards change, we don't see changes in our lives because you have 
overlook something, okay, of who really God is. And this is why it is important that we do understand who God is, that Jesus Christ is not just a rabbi, a teacher, or somebody that would provide for what you need and what you want. He is first and foremost 100% God. Do you understand? So I want to uh, point you right now in John chapter 2, the first miracle that we will talk about the next, in the next seven weeks. So if you, uh, you have your Bibles right now, okay, I want you to turn it to John chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. Verse 1, on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana or Cana in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. And at times in our Philippine culture, we're excited at the wedding because of the event, right? No, because of the food, right? Uh, in verse 3, when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. They have no wine. You understand? If you run out of something, I mean, you're done. They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Verse 6, now there were six stone jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested in glory. And his disciples believe in him. A beautiful story. Okay? And yet we see really the hand of God in this situation. That they are caught in a predicament. In a situation wherein we run out of wine. And if you're familiar with the Jewish culture, that if there is a wedding, if there is a gathering, that usually would last for about one week. Yung kasalan bro, one week. Isang linggo. Hindi lang yung pag-ibig. Okay? Including the wedding week. Okay? And because of that, I mean, people would plan and map out so it is impossible for them to run out of wine. This is an embarrassment to their own culture. And I just can't help. But all of us as well, we can uh, be reminded of our own stories after stories of how we got embarrassed. Though we have uh, uh, prepared for something or we have mapped out everything that everything is fully covered. And yet we have uh, times and there's a tendency for us to overlook something. So I believe that this message is for all of us this uh, afternoon. And I believe God will be with us. Uh, 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 this afternoon as well. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes as we uh, dedicate this moment to God? Heavenly Father, thank you for indeed you are present in our midst. And Lord, you are, God, going to reveal to us, Lord, that indeed you are a great God. And because of our understanding that you are God, Lord, thank you that you are not bound by anything. In fact, Lord, you are limitless. And because you are limitless, we can walk in confidence that we can just ask anything in Jesus' name and it will be provided. Thank you, Lord God, and indeed, we have a God who knows us, who knows the desires of our hearts, that we can come to you 24-7, because you're not just a God. You are our Father in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Beyond the signs. We need to be reminded that when Mary approached Jesus, okay, Jesus wasn't part of the deal. And I'm just asking myself, why would the people in that 
crowd where we know Cana is a small village, okay? And, 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 and after they, they discovered that they ran out of wine, they would approach Mary. I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of people. Why Mary? Because Mary has a little lamb. Okay, Mary has another. That's not in the Bible. And I realized probably this is the, the first wedding coordinator. You understand? If you have a problem, the first person that you'll approach, if you run out of wine, is the wedding coordinator. So Mary is a wedding coordinator. It's not in the Bible, but it is just my assumption that if there's something that you need, you approach the person who has what it takes to provide a solution. And I just can't help but be reminded that indeed Mary okay, was placed on the spot. And her reaction was to call forth for what? For somebody who can help him. And I believe that mothers knows best. Do you understand? This is why Jesus, okay, can't help but be caught off guard. And if you look at the whole story, he provided for what Mary wants. And if you take a closer look, I believe the reason why Mary approached Jesus, because Jesus has what it takes. Remember that Mary was instructed that this person is divine. Do you understand? Jesus is powerful. Jesus is uh, full of might and power that he can do whatever is impossible. So I just can't help but imagine for a minute, if you're the mother of Jesus and you're living with Jesus, of course, if you have problems, call on Jesus. You understand? You want to fix electricity? Call Jesus. There are plumbing problems? Jesus. Do you understand? Money problems? Jesus. Love life? Jesus. So probably they have a perfect household. This is just my own idea. Do you understand? Because for, for, for Mary to have that reaction that if she's in trouble and she needs help, the reaction was, let me think of Jesus in our own culture. Jesus. Okay? Because there is no other person who can give her the guarantee or who can guarantee her that everything will work out fine. So Jesus, okay, has not yet performed a miracle. But from what Mary knows, Jesus will and can. So it's written right here, on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother, or mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And I want you right to imagine with me. Okay, it was a perfect party, and suddenly, out of the blue, somebody informed you, we run out of wine. They have no wine. I mean, I just can't even uh, help but imagine what kind of background song you have when, when you were given this report. They have no wine. There is a, I just can't, uh, they have no right play on, okay? Uh, and, and they have no wine. So this was an embarrassing situation. And when they run out of wine, and they have no wine, okay, it points to the fact that in life, whether you like it or not, even if you are well-prepared, if you're wise, if you're intelligent, if you're too so, that you think three, four steps ahead, ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not, all of us are limited. You're intelligent, you have a PhD degree, you, you'll, you'll run out. And if you take a closer look, even the people, okay, who has thought of this for about a week, for about a year, on how they would want to orchestrate this great wedding day, they overlook something. And in this life, I believe with all my heart, and this is not an accident why you're here, I believe God brought you here because He wants you to understand that I'm in control of your life if you allow me to do so. This is what happened into this really story, in this account. And Jesus said to her, woman, wow, why not mother, woman? What does this have to do with me? Why are you inviting me into the picture? And this is not an unkind response. Jesus is not disrespectful here. He was simply saying, I'm calling you a woman because I've already reached or have evolved into more than just your son. Remember, 
that Mary was the mother of Jesus. Am I correct? But Jesus has already evolved into not just a man, not just a son, but he is God. Do you understand? And Jesus knows that his mother expects a response of some kind when he asks Jesus to do something about the situation. Though it's hardly what she expects, Jesus wasn't unkind. It simply serves to set the record straight by redefining his relationship to Mary. His earthly mother, woman is not an, a response of disrespect. It is just a response that, mother, you don't have any influence over my life. I love you. I will listen to you. But I have evolved into the kind of man slash God that I would rather first and foremost ask myself, is it aligned to what my Father in heaven wants? Jesus ended his mother's business. Though I know that Jesus is a loving son, but his top priority at this season of his life is the business of the Father, what the Father wants. And if you talk to Mary, and this is just my assumption, she will never take it against Jesus. Because you know what? Mary was a woman of faith as well. That her desire and her longing is for Jesus to serve the Father in heaven. Am I correct? Do you understand? And I hope we can learn from this account that at the end of the day, as long as our children is pleasing God, we don't have to take it against them. We have to push them towards where God wants them to be. Jesus honored his mother and lived in submission to her authority. But this is now the time for the Lord to Tell her or his mother that there will be a change. Not only he as a grown man, but he is the Messiah. That today, the only thing that rules my life is what the Father wants. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And remember, Jesus is not part of the whole deal. I mean, do fix this problem, but don't include me. And his response, my hour has not yet come. What do you mean by this one? The hour where he will sacrifice for all of us, that he is what? The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, right? So he was simply saying, this is my hour. This is my time. This is what I'm trying to say. That I can only be involved in all of this if my hour will come to redeem humanity. So the response was just simply, the day will come that I will die on the cross because I came to redeem all of us, to redeem each and every one of us. How many of you are thankful that we have a Redeemer in Christ Jesus? Amen. Why do you include me? That was the response. He was not simply saying, I don't agree with you. But he wants to put that in the equation. My hour has not yet come. I will explain further why. In fact, in John 7, 30, it is validated here. So they were seeking to arrest Jesus, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Jesus' hour was the hour of death when he would be the Lamb of God. But this is one of the things that really caught my attention. The reason why, if you look at the whole story, he gave in to what Mary wants that he provided by turning water into wine because this miracle is part of the grand scheme of how he would want to explain his redemption. If this is not part of his revealing that I am God, that I am limitless, amen, that I am on top of everything, I'm in control, I will not give in. What if Mary asked, can you 
can you probably add more hairs? I mean, I mean, this sounds funny, but this is not plan, the part of, of, of God's plan. Or can you make me a, a little bit whiter? Right? Some of us here, we're doing everything. We take, I don't know what we're taking. Just, I mean, we, we, we're so caught up to change certain things. But this is, is this part of the grand scheme? I'm asking myself, if, if I want something in life as a follower of Christ, is this part of, of what God is asking me to do? Because we can be so we're caught up with things and a lot of invitations left and right that we give in. There's nothing wrong by looking good. There's nothing wrong of buying a nice car or a nice house. But the question is, is this part of saving the world? Am I correct? I'm not saying that you need to be a pastor or be a missionary in India. What I'm trying to say is that after you came to know the Lord, at the end of the day, God wants to use you to bring more people into the kingdom of God. Your father this year, before the year ends, he will come to know the Lord. Your mother will come to know the Lord. Your sister. The boyfriend of your ex-boyfriend. Do you understand? Because this is not just about what you need and what you want. So therefore, the, the plea of Mary and whatever Mary wants is not just provided. Jesus did not only say yes, because I just can't help. Mommy told me to help. How many of you here, you have been in that situation? You don't want it, but it's your mom. Mommy na money. Do you understand? Mom. That's not, that's not the picture here. The reason why he provided. If you read the whole story, he, he turned water into wine. Because this turning water into wine will be part of my revealing that I'm not just any normal guy. I'm God. You understand? And I'm telling you right now. When you invite Jesus into your situation, you'll be surprised of how things can change. Water into wine fermentation will take place months and years. But right here, it's a flick of a finger. Yes, there are times that we, we can wait. But if you believe God for things to turn... Uh, around or for everything to go upside down and if you're expecting God for healing he can provide in a flick of a finger because we are and we have a God who's in control of nature who's in control of anything so my question with you right now do you see God because at the end of the day if you see God according to who he really is your life is about to change do you have that angle do you have that perspective of who God is that wherever you are right now that you feel like you're down and out and you're about to throw in the towel and you're about to quit and you're saying, Pastor, I think I'm done with Christianity. I've been praying for quite some time. In fact, I've been praying for two days for a boyfriend. But I, I mean, some of you here, the basis of your relationship with God is what He provides. So for the past few years, you worship what He provides more than the provider. You're in church because of what He provides. You're, you're in church because of what you can get from God. God is not an ATM machine. That you only approach God when you need something from God. At the end of the day, God wants to have a relationship with you. My question with you right now, do you, have, do you want to have a relationship with God? Because when you understand who God is, only God can turn things around. In fact, only God can turn a mess into a message. I got this from the internet. That's not, this is not from me. I'm not that intelligent, okay? Only God can turn a test into a testimony. Only God can turn a trial into a triumph. Only God can turn a victim into a victor. My question with you right now, will you invite him into your situation? That when everything is falling apart, will you tell God, 
I'm done here. You just have to surrender. Or in the middle of it, when things are not falling apart. Some of us, hinihintay pa natin that everything will fail. That we run out of God and we run out of strength and we don't have money and we turn to God. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why you're here because God wants you to, to tell you now is the best time to surrender. Because this is the only surrender that you don't lose anything. In fact, this is the only surrender that you will gain something. I don't have to explain it further. But through the years of being a pastor, most and all of the surrenders I have, I have, I have been exposed to, it is always for your own loss. But it is a kind of surrender where you benefit from the surrender because our God is a great compensator. If you accept your weak, he'll be, he, will be, he will be strong for you. Lord, I'm, I'm sick. I will be your healer. Isn't it amazing that God is simply saying, just, just tell me that you are limited because I will be limitless to you. But some of us here, we can say, Pastor, I've been, I've, been, I've, I've been acknowledging that, that God is limitless in my life, but how come I'm still in the same situation for the past two years? Because you don't know God. You can pray at the top of your voice and you can tell yourself that I, I want God to provide for my needs. God is my healer. But if you don't see it in your life because you don't know God, at the end of the day, the basis of our prayer is not how what, how powerful or, 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 or really at times fluent and clear we are and how we would want to come up with phrases that are nice sounding. The basis of our, our prayer is not how good and uh, nice sounding your prayers are. It is how you get to know God. You know, I have a son here. He doesn't have to explain to me. He doesn't have to be nice sounding. He doesn't have to really uh, think of how he can craft words in order to convince me. You know what, my son, if he is in need of something, he would just, even a sigh. I know what he needs. Sometimes. But my point is, I'm human, okay? Because it, this is not just about the conversation. It's about my relationship. With him. Do you have the, that kind of relationship with God? Because at the end of the day, you can come here and lose track of your relationship with God. Sunday in or Saturday in and Saturday out. But my question with you right now, do you have that running relationship with God every day that you're excited to wake up and talk to God? Are you excited that you hear God as well? His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Mommy naman. Is she doing this because she's a mother? Or she's doing this because she's a woman who has faith? At the end of the day, I'm glad God is not a Filipino. Yung basihan yung connection. Yung... Ito ko kasi si ano eh. Kasing ko kasi. It's not about your affiliation. The reason why God granted her request because I believe it's part of God's great plan. But more than anything else, God is a God of compassion. Mary knows that Jesus will do it because I know my son. It says right here, now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. It was mentioned here that there is a what? A, a stone jar. It's not a clay jar. It's one of the most expensive, okay, jars during their time. And Mary asks the servants, just obey him. And at times, a lot of us here, we have this understanding 
that in order for you to get to Jesus, go to Mary. You can access God because if Mary has faith to convince Jesus, we have what it takes to convince Jesus. We don't have to course it through Mary. Remember, your relationship with, with Jesus is not through Mary. You have a personalized, customized, running relationship with God. You can approach God anytime, anywhere with no noon break. And this was a jar where they would purify themselves. And my question is that why would, why would John put the word purification? Because jars are used to clean their bodies in order for them to prepare themselves for an endeavor. So jars are important during the, 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 uh, the time. But this purification is momentary and temporary after your what? You need, once again, purification. You have to go through the same routine. Am I correct? You have to take a bath, not just every day, every hour, if you feel like you don't deserve, okay, to, to do something that is religious. And, and, and he realized during, uh, when I went to Israel roughly about a year ago, I mean, when they, the, 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 the rabbi would write and, and translate the Bible, the Torah, into a, a, a paper, they have to take a bath. It's part of their religious routine. And in the, in the same way, when you see purification, that after your cleansing, after your cleansing, you have to offer sacrifices. Now my question is that, why would John put this in, 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 in this story? Why? Because this is a reflection that at the end of the day, Jesus is part of the story. And I believe once and for all, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have any idea, the story is not just about wedding in Cana, but a representation that our purification in Christ has been done once and for all. We don't have to wash ourselves. Christ has already washed us with His precious blood once and for all. So if you're here right now and you acknowledge Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and He died on the cross, I'm telling you right now, you are forgiven. Even though there are days that you don't feel like you are forgiven, you are loved and forgiven. And you're released from the wrath of God. This is why it is important. The part of the story that Christ, okay, asks. These are jars that you can use. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they fill them up to the brim. So this was not an addition. A lot of uh, articles would say that the, the jar is just half empty. So they added wine in order for it to taste wine, okay? But to the brim. And he said to them, now draw out and take it to the master of the feast so that they took it. So they filled it to the brim. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine. And did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, okay, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. And I realize that when God is involved, it is not momentary. It is not temporary. It is not just for a season. When God changes us, it's for life. If you allow God to just subdue, and take part in certain areas of our lives. The problem with us is that the reason why we don't appreciate transformation, yung pagbabago sa buhay natin, changes in our lives, because you're telling God, fix everything, but not this room in my heart. I don't know if you're familiar of movies where a cop or a person of authority would, would, would show a document that there's a search warrant. Now imagine yourself, you are in the same situation. You have about four or five policemen. 
asking you that they check your house and go to different rooms and, and, and cabinets and every area, nook and cranny of your house. And you, you tell that person of authority, you can, you can check everything except this box. This is an invitation that they would first check this box that you're withholding from them. Some of us are like that. Lord, fix this, but not this. That you subdue this area of my life, but not my selfishness. That you come in and change and alter the course of my life and give me a good job, but, but when it comes to my sexuality, distancia, amigo. Don't, 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 don't mess with this. But I'm telling you right now, God wants to come in because He wants you to know that just like how He rescued Mary from the situation, that when they ran out of wine, He was the right guy for the right job. What's my point here? Why at times, pag nagkakaproblema tayo, we're having a hard time, we would always find ways according to our strengths and our ability and our prowess. And the last option is God. Even hopping from different relationships, after 20 years, God, I need your help. Why can't you make God as your first option? And this is what we need in life. And it shows that you don't really know God if God is your first option. Because remember this, when you're down and out, if you, have, you are in a situation where you're, you, you can't contain everything that's happening in your life, your first reaction is your top priority. Am I correct? You understand? If you have a water problem at home, anong first reaction mo? Let me call a beautician. You call for a plumber, am I correct? But you don't know God. You know yourself. So your reaction is to always what? Rely on yourself. You understand? That's the reason why. Your first reaction is that, let, let, me, let me take a medicine. Why, not, why, why don't you just pause and say, in Jesus' name, I pray that you heal me. Why is it most of the time it's always what you think is right? Because you know yourself more than God. So when you're down and out, you're caught in a situation where you can't, you can't, you're so overwhelmed and you can't find a solution, your first reaction is a reflection of how well you know God. This is why it is important that we do understand only God has the power to rescue us, not just from our problems, not just from our sicknesses, but to top it all, only God has the power to take you out from where you are so that He can move you where He wants you to be. In Colossians chapter 1.13, it says right here, For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. This is why it is important that we do acknowledge that only God has what it takes to rescue us. But how come most of the time we don't feel like God is able to rescue us because you don't know God. It is important that you do acknowledge that He is not just God, that He is not just a divine being, that He is not just a great deity, that He is not just God, but you have an experience of who God is. So if you are right now in a situation where you are down and out, that you pretend that everything is alright, God will, you, will, 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 will allow you to, to just carry it along. But it's important that you take the posture of humility and say, God, may problema. Lord, talagang, sorry for the word. Huh? Lord, talagang tanga ako eh. You just have to say that. Lord, I'm done. I'm, I'm tired of being sick and tired. I like that. 
don't know where it came from, but it sounds intelligent. My point is, <laughs> I'm tired of being sick and tired. I'm, I'm done. Once you acknowledge that, that's already a what? A response of humility. I'm, I, I guarantee you will experience God's grace if you acknowledge. God, I, I don't have what it takes to handle it. I don't have what it takes to put. I don't have, a, I don't have the solution. And after acknowledging that God, I'm done, you can ask God for help. I do pray that you will see the hand of God, that He is not just out there to rescue you. He is God. Nobody can stop Him from rescuing you. Is there anything too hard for God? But do you know God? That's the reason why the enemy wants you not to know God because once you tap into that understanding that you have a relationship with a God, you will be surprised of what and how your life will change. The enemy will do everything. Every morning as you wake up, you're busy. You, you, you need to finish up. You have to pay your bills. How many of you here, the first hour of the day before you open your Bible, undamming concerns? Pay your bills, alcohol, tuition fees, Antarctica. Kahit walang kwenta, yung Antarctica. Diba? International dateline. International date. What? Diet coke, yung diet coke, yung everything is a major concern. Even though it's not a major concern, the enemy will cause you to be consumed by it just to detach you from knowing God every single day. But we will make a decision every single day to know God because once we know God, nothing is impossible with God. This is the first of his signs. Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested His glory and His disciples believe in Him. The reason why you're trying your best to believe in Christ because you have yet to see His God. You cannot fake it. You cannot fabricate it. You can ride on my understanding that I know God. You can't Tell your seatmate or your wife or your husband, you know God? Yes, honey. Pasakay naman. Let me ride in what you believe. It is personal. Pray in the coming weeks that the more you grow deeper in your understanding of God, the Word of God says that those who know their God will be strong. And will do mighty exploits. Only God can do the impossible. Question is when you run out of strength, energy, wisdom, there are days that you fail the, the requirement of God when it comes to righteousness. There are days that we are good and nice and loving. Most of the time, we're not. But the good news is, we have God who will be with us and who will compensate whatever limitations 
that we have because when they run out of wine, when they ran out of something, what they did was to ask God to come in. Remember this. If you do know who God is, you can say, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. This is not a chant. This is not a song. This is not a motto or a slogan. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Wala pa rin pastor eh. It's, it's, it's not what you do. It's not a magic formula. When you say nothing is impossible with God, behind that phrase, there's a story of your relationship with God. That's the reason why you can say, I, God loves me. Pag wala kang kwento, wala kang hugot. You understand? When you say nothing is impossible with God, may hugot yan. May kwento yan. That you have journeyed with God. That you have seen how God has been every step of the way. That God has been limitless. He has been great. He has been awesome. He has been mighty. My question with you right now, do you have a story of who God is and how powerful He is? Nothing is impossible with God. Can we give Him the glory? (laughs) Heavenly Father, thank You for this moment that we can invite You into our situation. That we can acknowledge that You are God and You're powerful. That You are limitless. That there is nothing in this world that can stop You from coming to the rescue. And Lord, we want to thank you for saving all of us in this room. So if you're here right now and you're saying, Pastor, I want to come into the place where I can acknowledge Jesus in my life because I run out of strength. I run out of motivation. I, I don't know if I can make it this year. My advice to you is to invite God in your life. You can't do this on your own. It is when we invite Jesus into our lives that we have what it takes to move forward. Because left to our own devices, all of this will fail. All of this will fall apart. But the good news is, it is not an accident why you're here. So before I pray for people who wants to come to a place where you want to acknowledge and invite Jesus in your life because you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, I want to acknowledge first everyone in this room where you want God to intervene in this area of your life. You're simply saying, God, I need you to intervene when it comes to my health, my finances, my family, my relationships, my job my career, my future. If you're that person right now, I want you to raise your hand. You are asking God for intervention. Lord, intervene, just like how you have intervened with Mary. When they run out of wine, I want you to come in and do the impossible. Raise your hand. Now be reminded of this. If the situation that you're in right now is doable, when I say doable, you don't need God. Remember, God's specialty is for him to come in 
and to turn things around. Remember, kung gaano man kahirap ang sitwasyon natin. If we're struggling, if you're having a hard time, remember this is this is a specialty of God. So if you're here right now, you're saying, this is impossible. You don't have any idea of what you're talking about. In fact, God is looking for situations like this where you're down and out, but I want you to take heart and prepare yourself because you will see the hand of God in your situation. So today, Lord God, as we raise our hands, Lord, we ask that you come in, that we acknowledge that we don't have what it takes to change our situations. We don't have, in fact, the solution. And we're saying, come in. I want you right now to take this moment right now about a minute or two to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, this area. You whisper and you tell Jesus, Jesus, come and take full control. Come, I don't know where to begin. My debt is so much. I need a lot of money. Lord, I need grace. I, I, I don't know if, if I have the strength to move forward. Lord, every single day, my relationship with my husband, my wife is not getting better. We're drifting apart. I don't know where. You please come in. Take control. Remember that if God can rescue you from the dominion of darkness, is there anything too hard for God? If He can move you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the Son He loves, is there too hard for God? If He can save you, if He can purchase you from a life bound to go to hell, there's nothing that is too hard for God. I'm not saying it's easy. But God is ready, willing, and able. Lord, the hands that are lifted high, show forth your power that you are a great God. Nothing possible with you. I want to ask all of you to put down your hands. As we continue to bow our heads and close our eyes, if you are saying, Pastor, I'm tired. I want to start all over again. Humihingi ako sa Panginoon ng bagong panimula and I want you right now to hear this loud and clear. You need God in your life. You can start right. You can start all over again without God. It is God who will restore your life. So if you want to start all over again. I want to invite you into a prayer where you're inviting Jesus into your life because you're running out of gas and you need Him in your life. I want you to just pray this prayer after me. Repeat this prayer after me. If you want Jesus to intervene. If you want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Say this after me. Jesus, once again, Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, I need you 
to intervene. And today, I am sorry for the sins that I have done. And I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus, I want to start all over again. 